0: Welcome back to the Deal Makers podcast show with serial entrepreneur Alejandro Cremades, best-selling author of The Art of Startup Fundraising, and co-founder at Panthera Advisors. In this podcast, we ask our guests about their successful acquisitions and financing rounds. Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome to the Deal show. So today we have a really incredible, um, inspiring story. You know, ahead of us, you know, the guest has done it multiple times. Uh, We're talking about three times. The last one, you know, was quite a home run. You know, we're talking about 660 million of an exit. So um, again, everything that you can think of around building, scaling, uh, lessons learned from the first company, which didn't unfold the way that he had hoped for. Then also struggles, you know, especially with the last company that he sold at the beginning, the first two years, they were not a path full of roses. It was not easy. And then also we're going to be talking about creating an impactful culture and then also the the people that they are serving with the last company and the difference that they're making to them. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest today. Alan Lau, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for inviting me. So originally born and raised in Hong Kong, but eventually you find yourself in Canada with your family. Give us a walk through memory lane. How was life growing Mm -hmm. up?
1: Yeah, uh, born and raised in Hong Kong, and in the late uh, '80s, uh, our family uh, decided to move to Canada. Uh, And what happened was, uh, um, most of my extended family, including mostly my on my mother's side, but on my father's side too, started to move uh, to Canada in. In, in the 70s, so uh, um, family member by family member, we all moved. Uh, we are the last holdout in, in a way. So I um, finished high school in Hong Kong and then got my electrical engineering degree and master's degree uh, in electrical as well at uh, University of Toronto. My first job was at IBM. Uh, it's, uh, since day one, I know this is the wrong company for me. I just cannot work in a large corporation. And really quickly, I joined uh, um, a, a startup company in the very beginning, and that, in a way, I started my entrepreneurial uh, journey.
0: But what got you there? Because I mean, obviously, the um, you know, the idea, especially as 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 immigrants, and you know, coming to 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 a new country, you know, you want stability. You know, you had achieved it. You were, you know, at such an incredible, you know, company and very well respected. So. At what point do you realize that maybe it makes sense for you to go from like a bigger company to like a smaller company?
1: Well, uh, I you, you, you're absolutely right. Just like many immigrants, uh, first generation uh, immigrants, uh, my parents uh, were the same. You know, work for a big corporation, stable job, uh, reputable company like IBM at that time. It was the largest tech company in the world at that time. So, uh, yeah. Uh, in a way, they kind of, um, not pushing, but uh, uh, subtly, uh, it was encouraged, put it this way, right? And then I was telling them, uh, okay, uh, I, I don't think it's going to work out well for me because I, I really don't like the company. And by the way, my girlfriend and our wife, uh, uh, work. she's working for a startup company. She's having all the fun. I'm going to join her. You can just imagine the reaction from the parents, but they are very supportive. You know, they they didn't say no or anything. They just, well, you have to think twice what you really want to do. IBM is a really good company. <laughs> so uh, that was an interesting conversation. But, uh, you know, I, I know what I want. I, I know uh, what would be good for me and make me happy. And in, most importantly, in an environment where I would thrive. So uh yeah that's uh that's how I did it.
0: So so in this case you know uh the environment you know the arena I mean when you when you joined it was under 100 employees you know yeah. and the company ended up being acquired by none other than Semantic you know you were able mm-hmm. to to develop a really solid relationship with the founders as well yeah. so how was that journey like and and what would you say were your biggest takeaways from from that experience too?
1: Yeah, it was polar opposite to to IBM. Things move fast. And uh, uh, my first day, uh, because they they were growing so fast, they ran out of desks. The first month, I did not even have a desk. I was literally typing on my keyboard at the corner of someone else's desk. Uh, And that... Was a shock to me. Uh, of course, I understand smaller company might not have all the you know uh, gigantic offices like IBM, for example. For example, but that was still a shock to me. And I think this is a very good example of how uh, a, a smaller startup, a fast growing startup, how they make things work. Uh, there will be a million of problems, but they tackle it. They 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 figure it out and. Uh, um the the company was such a rocket ship uh when i joined we uh, i can't remember exactly how many people but definitely uh, less than 100 uh but uh, 3 4 years later when they were acquired by Symantec, um they were the world's top 10 pc software company uh one of the top 10 in the world uh and got acquired by Symantec for um close to half a billion dollars. And that was a really big deal. Re- remember, this is more than 25 years ago. And the product was, of course now, not a lot of people are using fax anymore, uh, but uh, they, at that time they built a, a product called WinFax. Uh, in four years, five years, they came from a startup to become like the de-, de-, de facto standard. If you want a piece of fax software, on your on your PC at that time, you have to use WinFact. There are no other competitors anymore because everyone just couldn't compete and went
0: mm-hmm. bankrupt. So in this case, you ended up joining Symantec as part of the integration and you actually stayed mm-hmm. there for quite a bit, you know, for a couple of years, uh, yep. four to be precise. Yep. But one thing led to the next and then you see the arena uh, the founders, you know, going at it, you know, we starting a venture studio yep. and you decided to join them. And obviously, you know, one thing led to the next and all of a sudden you find yourself starting your first company.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I think that uh, was very impactful to me as well. You know, when they uh, started that venture studio, I just jumped on the opportunity. Um, I have to say I learned a lot at Symantec as well. It's a much larger company. And I, I guess at that time I was... Uh, little bit more more mature after working for a few years, uh, you know, uh, working for a big company might not be my natural instinct, but I learned quite a bit. And when I have the opportunity to join a venture studio, I it's it's like fish uh, out of the water for a few years. Now I can jump back in, into the water. And uh, initially, for the first year, um, I was assigned to different companies. You know, it's, it's like a venture studio. And then I I had the idea of uh, building mobile software uh, um, both for for gaming publishers and also help uh, us to build our own games as well. And that idea uh, um, came from me. And then, well, it became, uh, you know, uh, uh, a project first of all, in the venture theater And eventually that took off and became a real company.
0: I mean, talking about a real company there, I mean, you guys raised about 30 million bucks. You know, you had, uh, and that was 20 years ago. So obviously yeah. we can imagine, but you grew the company to 200 people. But all of a sudden, where mm-hmm. you find yourself, you know, in this super successful, you know, hyper growth trajectory, but the mm-hmm. whole thing exploded. You know, what, what happened?
1: Yeah, I guess uh, the company is called Tira Wireless. Uh so we uh build or create and also help other uh gaming studios build mobile games. That's what we did. Um the to give a little bit more context uh, to the audience. Uh, it w- we started in 2002. It grew to um close to 200 people around 2006 or 2007. The problem was the technology that we built was very specific to the Nokia phones, to the Motorola phones. And we all know in 2007 what happened. The iPhone came out. That was game-changing. And then we realized, uh, but it might be too late, what we built is completely irrelevant in the smartphone era. And I think now... um, that's one lesson that we learned from that experience. It's uh, easy for me to say now, in hindsight, um, what we built at that time, it was a bridge technology. It was a bridge between the old school phone and the smartphone. And when you build a bridge technology, that window of opportunity eventually would, would close because you are jumping from one era to the to the other era. Jumping like a bridge connecting two sides of the cliff once you cross to the other side, you don't need that bridge anymore. And that's precisely what we built. So it it wasn't in hindsight, it wasn't uh we weren't we weren't building anything that was timeless.
0: So what would you say were your biggest lessons, you know, from from that journey? Because obviously as the saying goes, you either succeed or you learn. You know, and it was also your first company. So not, not an easy hit to to swallow.
1: Yeah. It was uh difficult, but um uh in a way the uh, we applied the learnings uh to to Wattpad as well. Uh we did not want to build um, another British technology company. But when we started Wattpad we were very clear. Uh we were not really a publishing startup. We don't want to build publishing tools or publishing technology, but we want to focus on addressing the need. What I mean by that is uh, initially we focus on reading and writing. People might might read differently. People might publish books differently, but people will continue to to read. If we are continuously building things, addressing uh, a human need that would not go away, the company can last forever, and then eventually... uh, uh, when we talk about uh, the, the WordPress story, you you would know we expanded from uh, reading and writing, and eventually expanded into entertainment that includes movies, uh, TV shows, and, uh, and and print books and other uh, other forms of entertainment as well.
0: So let's talk about that because you know once say you end up uh, closing the chapter of Terra Wireless, you um. Basically decided to go at it again, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, eventually with Wattpat. Wattpad, uh, but the journey of Wattpad, you know, was not easy at the beginning. You know, the first, the first two years, you know, were a little bit of a struggle and actually, as part of that, you know, one thing that you decided to do too was to start, you know, two other companies, you know, on the, in parallel, which was mm-hmm. Red Boom and then also Fit, Fit Me Eight. So, yeah. so before we get into the whatpad because that's where i I think you know we should you know I think that the, the the listeners are gonna love that story let's put that in pause right now so things are not working in whatpad but walk us through why did you decide to switch your attention to red woman and and and, and fit eight
1: yeah so uh, I will give you a little bit more con- context uh, uh I actually started uh to have the whatpad idea when I was the cTO at Tira. uh one tiny little secret is, uh, it, despite Satira, uh, is a gaming studio. I, I love mobile technologies. I, I love gadgets. And that's one of the reasons why I started the company. But I, I don't play a lot of games. I, I'm not a, a gamer. So the content side doesn't quite excite me. But if you look at my personal uh, media consumption, uh, I read. I, I read a lot. And this is how I consume media. And uh, I did that prototype in 2002 to 2003 but the phone size was the screen size was so small you just could not read comfortably especially long-form content so i didn't really pursue the idea and then fast forward to 2006 uh, 2007 when um, the phone screen size was much larger Uh, i resurrected this idea i was uh and, and by that time it's it's becoming clear uh, Tira is, uh, is starting to decline. I, I have to think about a, a new idea. And that's how I started uh, or restarted the idea, I should say. And then uh, now my Wattpad co-founder, Ivan, who used to work for Tira as well, uh, sent me a message. Hey, uh, Alan, I'm working on a new product idea as well. And uh, when he sent sent me that link, guess what I saw? It's, it's a mobile reading app as well. So I thought, wow, iPhone is one of the smartest I've ever worked with, it must be a good idea. So we jumped at it uh, like all in um, and and started uh, building the company. What we did not realize was, um, is what we built essentially as a double-sided marketplace to connect readers and, and writers. It's not just mobile reading, you know. It's we have a platform for people to read and share stories as well, and that takes a long time to to generate traction. For any uh, people who is running who are running a, a, a marketplace, would tell you we all suffer from the chicken and egg problem. Without any writers, there would be no readers because there's no content. Without any readers, there would be no writers because like there's no audience. Why would I upload anything? So we have to overcome that. And that that took so much longer than we expected. And that's why to keep us going, we we have to do a million things on the side. Uh the Red Boom solution was our consulting gig to um generate uh um some cash for, for us. And uh we also um like the mobile advertising idea. So you know, in, in a way, it's almost like a venture studio in and of itself. You know, we just try out different ideas. But we truly, truly believe in the Wattpad idea. We did not unplug. We just keep it on a slow burn, you know. And, and And now, in hindsight, of course, I can say this more easily. It just took time to learn. It actually was the right idea.
0: Hey, guys. So pardon the interruption here. So I got to tell you that. With that being said, if you would like to find out more, feel free to send me an email at alejandro at panteraadvisors.com, and we would love to take a look at helping you out. That's incredible. Obviously, you know, in this case with Red Boom and Fit 8, you guys ended up doing a transaction there. You guys ended up Mm -hmm. uh, getting the company acquired by Upstream. And that not only gave you some more confidence because you were coming, you know, from really, you know, some significant struggles with the you know, company uh, folding. You know the the first one. You know, then Wattpad. You know, not taking off uh, the way that you had hoped for. But now you got to win. You know, now yep, you got yep. you know one exit. And and at this point, you know, what is going on with Wattpad? You know, at the moment of the acquisition.
1: Yeah, after the acquisition, of course, just like uh, uh, most acquisition, we we would work for Upstream for for a while, uh, and. Uh, uh, like I mentioned before, on on the side, whenever we have an interesting feature idea on Wattpad, uh, we'll just implement this in the evening, uh, over the weekend, to to continuously improve the product. And as the product continues to improve, as we start to see some writers joining the platform, which in turn attract more readers, the, the, the readers as we increase the, the size of the audience. More riders find uh, this exciting to join. So that flywheel started to to um, turn faster and faster. So after a year at uh, Upstream, um, we we went back to Wattpad and spent 110% of, of our time on, on Wattpad. It was around maybe
0: 2009 that we came back and do it full time. So, for the people that are listening, to really get it, what ended up being the business model of Wattpad? How were you guys making money?
1: Uh, well, at that time, um, it's uh, uh, we didn't we, we, we didn't focus on the business model, which is actually quite counterintuitive. Uh, but in hindsight, it's, it's actually worked out um, because for for marketplace, the the most important thing is getting the liquidity, getting uh on both sides of the marketplace uh uh at scale first and uh once you have that traffic once you have that community once you have that user base there will be other, many other ways to make money the um i would say we first started as advertising we just put some banner ads on the on the website on mobile there was no not much uh advertising. So so we use that as an, as an experiment. Um, but, uh, I would say that's not even 10% of our time. We focus on building the product to, to, to build a massive user base first. And then, uh, towards maybe 2015, 16, um, we started to, uh, expand into different business models uh, we uh, of course uh, uh, advertising started to to work started to to be a scale to, because by 2015 16 we we have like 30 million monthly users something like that um at that scale it can generate meaningful revenue already um and then we started to think about uh pay content uh subscription and then eventually um uh partially because we started to invest in AI way back in 2012. Because we we start to see so much data, we have to figure out a way to make good use of it. Uh, Through the AI investment, we realized there's so much amazing content IP, original content IP on our platform that, uh, of course, we can monetize on our own platform through pay content uh, eventually these IPs can be turned into movies. Can, can, they can turn into TV shows or other forms of entertainment. So that's when, the, um, around 2016, we, we started uh, a new division for Wattpad Studios. Um, we, um, we don't hold a camera, at least at that time we, we, we didn't. Our job is to figure out the IPs, the content IPs on our platform find the amazing one, Uh, find the one that uh, can turn into an amazing movie, but also the one based on the trajectory, based on AI telling us it will become a big hit, it will become, the story arc is very suitable for uh, adaptation to movies. And of course, building fan base with millions of people is is a proof. These con the content would become a proven hit. Um, because I have to give a a little bit more context to to the audience. Um, in Hollywood, you see the Oscar winning movies. Those are the one percent. Ninety percent of the movies don't make any money. The the success rate, the probability of success, is actually quite low. But having using technology to pick out the content uh from our platform and we see a million uploads every day and uh we uh even today we only uh produce maybe 100 movies or tv shows uh, 100 projects per year so it's really small percentage but these are the gems they when we adapt them to movies and and tv shows they have far higher Probability of success way more than ten percent that Hollywood typically see, and that's the business model.
0: So, so in this case, I mean, you guys raised uh, some a fair amount of money. I mean, you guys yeah. raised one hundred and twenty million from the likes of uh, Union Square Ventures. You had Yeri Yang, you know, the founder of Yahoo. I mean, you had some really big heavy hitters, mm-hmm. uh, and um, tremendous business that you guys have built. And mm-hmm. eventually, you know there is a suitors, you know, coming and knocking, you know, that are interested on uh, pursuing an acquisition. So yeah. tell us about how the whole acquisition with the Navier, uh, you know, make us insiders. Like how did this whole thing, you know, started brewing? Uh, mm-hmm. What was the process like? Yeah. Because it ended up being a $660 million home run mm-hmm. of an exit, mm-hmm. you know, which is remarkable. So yeah. walk us through it.
1: Yeah. So, um, Maybe let me let me step back. We we got uh, investments from Unit Square Ventures and and Kostler Ventures uh, in the Valley as well. And one thing in common about these two firms and many of our other investors on our cap table is they never ask for an exit, which is very very counterintuitive as well. Um, the uh, the conversation over the years, we never talk about the exit in the in the boardroom. We just focus on building a great business, and we believe by doing so, it actually would enable the optionality for us. Perhaps go IPO, perhaps uh, M and A when the right opportunities come. But perhaps we just keep going, and and that's all right. There's nothing wrong to to build. Um, Highly profitable highly successful uh private company and never go public never sell and that's okay too uh, however, in two thousand twenty one um, we um, received an uh, inbound offer and uh, and then we said huh maybe we should just see uh, what the market looks like uh, we are not Selling, we are not putting up the for sale sign, but at least engage into a conversation and and see what other corporations, uh, other bigger players in the market uh, uh, are thinking. And then, the, of course, we know Naver, especially the Webtoon division. Um, the, well, to uh, uh, to give more context, Naver is uh, one of the largest internet companies in Asia. They are the largest in in Korea. They have twenty thousand employees and. Uh, they, they, it's like Amazon or Alphabet. They have multiple divisions, but one of the largest divisions. Uh, they started off with search, like Google, but they also have a division like Google's YouTube. Uh, uh, neighbor has a division called Webtoon. It's basically what what does, except for comics. It's for comics. It's for uh, manga. You know, uh, more visual content. Um and they also have a studio uh turning some of the IPs, the content IPs, the top content IPs on, on webtoon and turn them into TV shows and animation as well. So they, they understand this this is business model really well, uh using um a digital platform, find the IP and then adapt to as many forms of entertainment as possible. Um in a way, I don't have to even explain to them what we do, they, they got it. And the most important thing is, it's so complementary because they don't have fiction, at least not in South uh, Korea. Uh, we have uh, fiction. We are global business. Uh, we have users around the world. So there's no overlap. Uh, and also from a geographic perspective, they are very strong in, in East Asia. Uh, we actually don't have a lot of users in East Asia. We have users in practically any country, every country in the world, except four countries in East East Asia. So from that perspective, also a match made in heaven. So once we started talking, we just realized this synergy was um, was just so
0: massive. That what was that day like when you inked the deal? Six hundred and sixty million.
1: It it was. Uh, it was a surreal experience um, because it, six months before we announced that deal, if you ask me, mm-hmm. are we selling the company? And I would give you a very definitive answer: No, we are not even thinking about this. And this opportunity, in in a way, just kind of fell on our our lap. And uh, uh, of course, is a, is a good outcome uh, financially for um, the founders for for the investors uh, for pretty much everyone on the, on on the, on the cap table um, but that's only one piece of the puzzle um, at that time uh, uh, um, when we talk about whether we should sell or not of course financial is one aspect but the the other aspect is strategically does it does it really make sense is it going to take Wattpad to it to the, to the next level. Um, yeah, that was, uh, actually a very important part of the consideration. And, uh, I think based on all the reasons that I just talked about is, um, it, it, was a very attractive, uh, deal to, to us.
0: So obviously, you know, the transaction happens, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you know, you gotta mm-hmm. keep going. Eh, the creativity mm-hmm. and the and the juices flowing, no, and and on the on the on the side actually in parallel, your wife, you know, who mm-hmm. also happened to be uh, part of the story of Wattpad as well, you know, she had left uh, the company in two thousand and fourteen to start a venture capital firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the company, the, the venture capital firm is called Two Small Fish Ventures, mm-hmm. and you guys have already invested in over forty companies. Mm-hmm. What do you guys typically look for, and what has been your Biggest lesson too from now, seeing things from the other side of the table.
1: Yeah, so um, the thesis, uh, our investment thesis, uh, uh, change over time because uh, Wattpad is, uh, as I mentioned, is is, is a marketplace. Uh, that, uh, so we early on um, we solely invest in uh, network effect-based business. So there are a lot of marketplaces, uh, but of course, uh, uh, um, not only marketplaces, we, we invested in, in uh, uh, some other companies too. Um, so um, uh, a couple of the notable um, investments, and we wrote the first check uh, to these companies, at least uh, uh, when they first came out, of the idea, it it looked uh, they they both look kind of weird. Uh, they both look. Uh, I'm 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 not sure, but I, we kind of saw the the diamond in the rough, partially because of our experience um in, in building Wattpad And these two companies, uh, I would highlight as one is called BenchSci, the other is called Ada. Um, BenchSci uh, is uh, is an AI company um, that's uh, Help scientists uh especially in pharmaceutical companies to to kind of share their failures share their knowledge and, and and over time they build our very gigantic uh knowledge repository to help uh people to find uh new protein for 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 drugs and now today uh sixteen out of the twenty uh, top pharmaceutical companies are using the product. And Ada, ADA is an AI company. It's a chatbot for, for support, but now they're handling millions of uh, chat transactions for customer support uh, um, for airline companies to telcos uh, like every day on the, on the platform. So these two are good examples of how we leverage our previous experience uh, and, and find the gems before other people can see it um at the same time the, the 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 market also evolved so uh skip a few steps uh, fast forward to today um uh the area of focus uh, there are three areas of focus uh, the first one is ai well we we ran an ai company for over a decade we we, we know what we are talking about uh so that's an obvious one. The second one is uh, protocols, mainly um, blockchain protocols, uh, because we we start to see AI and, and and blockchain start to emerge. What I mean by that is, uh, for example, we have an um, a portfolio company um, called Story Protocol uh, is um, in the world of generative AI as we, we see uh, even further explosion of content. There needs to be a central repository, uh, not just to, to store the content. Uh, it's not less about storage, but to uh, manage uh, uh, the, the, the ownership, the, the share, the, the, the upside of, of, of the content. It's like GitHub for, for creative IP. Um, so this company is also doing really well. So this that's the second area of focus, and then the third area of focus is um, uh, sustainable computing. Uh, also, uh, almost like like protocols, it's a second order effect of uh, of AI because the computing demands uh, is drastically increased because of generative AI, and we just happen that we have both. Both my wife Eva and I, we are engineers. She used to work for ATI, now AMD. I'm an electrical engineer. And my, our partner, uh, Brandon, who was the founding data scientist of Wattpad, uh, he also joined us a, as one of the partners of, of the firm. He has a short stint at, at NVIDIA. So we understand Semicon, we understand hardware, really well as well. So we are finding some very, very interesting opportunities in these areas. But I would also add one thing that we uh, always look for is um, whether this product protocol or platform would would um, completely change the behavior, whether it's consumer or uh, business users. Because when we see it, uh, a drastic change in behavior, like upending the, the workflow in a company or if it can eliminate uh, an entire department. Um, that easily can generate uh, 10x return. And then early stage, we got in early and now 10x. So um, I would like to summarize our uh, objective is to look for those 100x return uh, companies when we write a uh, dollar check to the company, we we, we hope we, we can get back a hundred dollar bill.
0: That's amazing. Finding those gems. So I guess for the people that are listening that would love to uh, reach out and 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 say hi. What is the best way for them to do so?
1: I'm the easiest person to find on the internet. Uh, uh, send me an email at alan, allen A L L E N at 2 dot or
0: find me on on, on X or or LinkedIn. Amazing. Well, hey, easy enough. Well, Alan, thank you so much for being on the DealMaker show today. It has been an honor to have you with us.
1: It's an honor to be part of it. Thank you.
0: If you like the show, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you could leave a review as well, that would be fantastic. And if you got any value, either from this episode or from the show itself, share it with a friend. Perhaps they also appreciate it. So also remember that if you need any help, whether it is with your fundraising efforts,